0: You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind-the-scenes juice on Charity's upcoming season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve.
1: What's up everybody? Welcome to podcast number 342. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. We've got a good show for you today on this Thursday. He's back for his yearly appearance. Sometimes it's twice a year. It is Mark Wahlberg. No, not Marky Mark. No, Mark Wahlberg, the host of Temptation Island Season 5, starts next Wednesday. So I wanted to get him on before the season, give a little preview of what to expect. I've watched the first episode, and things are a little bit different this season. Still the same show, but they switched up some format things, which I think you're really going to like in the first episode. I know I did. And we'll get to all that momentarily. So before we get started here, a few things to talk about on the Daily Roundup today In case you didn't listen yesterday, if you did listen yesterday, I clarify things in regards to the Brandon and Serene breakup. And I think the thing that I wanted to stress that I do in the daily roundup today, but if you don't listen to it and you just listen to this, I'll reiterate it here, is that because of my reporting in the past, I've done a more conscious effort to vet things out much more thoroughly than I had in the past. And after I reported what I did yesterday, got some emails, got some Twitter mentions saying basically the same thing. How do we know that they weren't already broken up and this happened and Brandon was single? He's allowed to do that. And I was disappointed because immediately people were questioning my work. And I went back and read what I wrote, listened to what I said, and I guess I just wasn't very clear um so reiterated it this morning on my daily roundup I'll say it again right here. Brandon and Serene were an engaged couple on May 5th. When he went to Austin, they were engaged. I did not spend a week trying to get information, getting information, talking to sources to just come out and just guess that all of a sudden they broke up and I was taking a stab in the dark. I told you that Serene was made aware of the video. She had seen the video. And on May 5th, on Friday, they were an engaged couple when he was in Austin. She clearly wasn't with him that night. He was with another woman in the club. Three days later, they release a breakup statement. I thought it was pretty clear, but apparently it wasn't. And people were questioning um, whether or not they were still together. They were, and then three days later, they weren't. So that video made the rounds. Serene saw it. There you go. So I just wanted to. I just wanted to make that known because there's this notion that all I do is try and ruin people's lives, and anybody that's followed me for any significant amount of time, and actually listened to my work and not just, I don't know, got it off of message boards and just listened to the echo chamber of negativity where all they do is say how much they don't like me. You don't understand. Anyone in my position, anybody's position, who talks about nation nobody is universally liked. I have no problem with not being liked by people. I get it. The thing that drives me up a wall is when people are factually incorrect and people are factually incorrect when they say all reality Steve does is trying to ruin people's lives. And I talked about it on the daily roundup today, but if all you can do is go back to the Jenna story from five years ago, you might even want to rethink saying that considering I admitted all my mistakes about the Jenna reporting. I took everything down about that story. I apologized to her privately and publicly and put her on my podcast for 90 minutes. So while I did report the Jenna story wrong, to keep bringing it up anytime I report a story and someone's response is, well, you got the Jenna story wrong. How do we know you're not wrong about this? Someone who says something like that, I'm sorry. It's just like that person will never, they they clearly have it out for me. And they clearly don't like me, and no matter what I say or what I do, no matter how good I put out there, no matter how much good, how many good interviews I do, and give you Taylor Hale talking about her sexual assault for the first time ever publicly. Jenny Alexander from Joe Millionaire talking about the sex trafficking story involving her and one of the biggest cases, sex trafficking cases in all of the US. Craig Robinson coming on and talking about the depths that he got to where he almost where he tried to hang himself and take his own life and now he's married with a daughter giving you Kelsey and Beth last year letting them tell their stories Meredith Phillips being sexually assaulted on set on season 2 of The Bachelorette all these stories that I've covered over the years that seem to slip people's mind when all they want to say is all I do is want to ruin people's lives it's just factually incorrect you sound like an idiot when you're saying that you sound ignorant and you clearly have it out for me which like i said you cannot like my podcast you cannot like my website But the second you start saying factually incorrect things about me, I'm going to correct you, and I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to remind you of the things that I have done. The biggest regret, and I've said this a thousand times, the biggest regret I've ever had was running that Jenna story. And that's why I've owned up to it, and I changed. And I've changed the way I've reported on this franchise. I don't even report negative stories. I've got so many negative stories I could just throw out there and be like a Dumois and be like the TikTok gossip monger, and be like these Instagram accounts that throw stuff out there without giving you any proof or any evidence, and they just leave it as, well, this is what I'm hearing. It's like, great. You know how many times? I could do that once a day, 365 days a year, in regards to the Bachelor franchise. But I'm not going to do it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it to me. I'm not out. Because if it was, then I would be out ruining people's lives. I'm not in the business of doing that. I do not do that anymore. I wasn't even, like, purposely doing it earlier. I wasn't even – this wasn't something I just would report stuff and I didn't vet it as as good as I should. And after a while, it just – it wasn't worth it to me anymore. And you know my stance now. If somebody has a negative story to report on somebody in this franchise, they either have to put their name behind it themselves, come on my podcast, or provide proof. Someone like Kelsey – provided proof. Someone like Beth came on my podcast, told all of her interactions with Aaron Clancy. Meredith Phillips spoke for herself. Jenny Alexander spoke for herself. Craig Robinson spoke for herself. Taylor Hale spoke for herself. This is what I'd like to do. I'd like to bring out good stories. I'd like to bring out important stories, things that I think people want to listen to. And that's what I'm doing. The Serene-Brandon breakup I'd say is a pretty big thing in Bachelor Nation. They were one of the two couples that got engaged at the end of Paradise last year with Johnny and Victoria Fuller being the other one. They broke up a month ago. Serene hasn't posted since then to come into this news and to come into this video to show that Brandon was with another woman. And I even said it when I got the video last week. I said, I'm in in, um, possession of a video that has made the rounds. And – I'm going to let you know about it, but this wasn't anything earth shattering. I specifically said that. i was just like, hey, but it's a story in Bachelor I think a lot of people care about. And for people just to immediately assume like, well, you really jumped to an assumption there. No, I didn't. I spoke with sources. They were not broken up. Three days later after that video surfaces, they were. Ask around. It's the best I can give you. So anyway, uh, I just wanted to get that out there. That's part of the Daily Roundup today, along with my thoughts on, oh boy, part three of Vanderpump Rules. Yikes. A lot of yelling, a lot of cursing. Uh, We got the revelation of what it is that the Tom and Raquel affair basically was worse than what we thought it was. And I'd be curious to see what happens in season, season 11, that's for sure. This podcast brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. As the only keto meal kit, Green Chef makes sticking to carb-conscious lifestyle easy, Bring more flavor to your table this summer with Green Chef's delicious, nutritionist-approved recipes featuring certified organic fruits and vegetables and unique farm-fresh ingredients like tart cherries, truffle zest, and rainbow carrots. With Green Chef, you're reducing your food waste by up to 23% versus grocery shopping. You know my favorite meal in the Green Chef box is the brown butter pork chops. It comes with mashed potatoes, maple-glazed apple and carrots, and toasted pecans. Can't say I'm a huge pecans guy, but... Look, the rest of the the rest of the dish is excellent. It's less than a thousand calories. Takes you less than thirty minutes to make. Serves two. They give you all the ingredients that you need, and so easy to follow the directions on this thing. It's basic. Someone like me who can't cook worth a damn can even cook Green Chef. So go to GreenChef.com/slash/RealitySteve60 and use code RealitySteve60 to get sixty percent off. Plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash realitysteve60. Use code realitysteve60 to get 60% off. Plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. All right, let's get going. Podcast number 342. All right, let's bring him in. He is the host of Temptation Island, which returns next week on the USA Network. Wednesday nights, 9, 8 central. It's time for our annual preseason chat with Mark Wahlberg. Mark, thanks for coming on. Always doing this, bud.
0: I love the annual preseason chat. Yeah,
1: they're great. And I want to dive right into this. I've seen the first episode, and while it isn't crazy different from the first four seasons, there are some noticeable differences, and I liked every single one of them that production decided to go with. We'll, we'll dive into that uh, in a little bit. But I wanted to start with the couples because, again, four couples – and you know on an island tempted with singles let's start with our first couple um caitlin and hall if i'm not if i'm not mistaken this is the first couple that has come onto the island as an engaged couple in five seasons correct that's absolutely true (laughs) that is uh interesting um they've been together eight years and yeah they are engaged and right now Hall is the one who wants to uh, settle down and have kids in his mid-30s. Caitlin is still, she's only four years younger than him, but she doesn't seem to be on any sort of fast track here. So when you sat down with them and your impression of them, once they got to the island, you have a little talk with them, where do you see them at? Well, as is always the case,
0: I try to look at and listen to not what they're saying, but why they're saying it. Mm-hmm. So while they say the reason they're there is because he wants to get married and have kids and she is engaged but hasn't been able to set the date yet, there's some resistance there. I felt right off the bat that there's a bigger issue here than what they're saying, that there's got to be an underlying reason why Caitlin doesn't want to get married. And there may be more to the story about why he does want to get married. Mhm. So, you know, as is always the case, because I'm a little bit of a heady kind of guy, I listen to what's being said, but then I ask the question of what's really going on here. And as as the story continues, you may discover that, in fact, there's more to that issue than just
1: the timing. Yeah, I mean, just in the just in the um, the bios from the website, they have broken up in the past. Because he was unsure about her. Now, I don't know if this is a let's get back at him because he did this to me once, or if it's just I need to find out if this is really my person. And this, I guess, this experience is going to let us know about that.
0: Well, there's, you know, as I've said, there's why they think they're there, and that may be honest and true for them. But as the experience continues and gets more real every time, I always say to them, you know, you come to the island because you have questions and you want answers, and I always say the same line. You're going to get answers, but the questions will all change. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens with the two of them.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. You know, it
0: seems like it's basically, you know, what, why don't you want to get married and why don't you want to start having kids when, in fact, their breakup and then getting back together and why all that went down and the honesty behind that gets
1: revealed later
0: on, and it becomes – quite a complex and interesting story.
1: Do you think, you know, the couples that come on this show, I mean, I would I, say, I know you wouldn't ever, you know, do the show yourself, but putting yourself in a situation where these people are coming on the show, they've now seen four seasons before them, they're well aware of what could happen, and we always see the couples say, we're going to set boundaries, and then if it's broken, you know, we're done. Or if it's broken, sometimes they're, they're not done. It's just this, It's just this crazy balance between what i feel is acceptable for you to do with somebody else on the island versus what i feel isn't acceptable and if that line ever gets crossed and when the whole show is revolved around you know temptation and going out on a date with somebody else that brings something new or something possibly exciting into your life that maybe your current girlfriend or boyfriend isn't doing it's almost like yeah we're in a position where It almost seems like, yes, somebody always is going to bring something new to the table here. And I've always wondered if you've ever thought like for a second, you know, hey, um, don't set parameters. Just kind of let it be. Or I don't know. How would you go about it if you were a couple? Well, I say it on the air, Steve, you know, I say,
0: uh, look, I don't want to be flippant or dismissive. But when you guys come to the island and say, here are our rules, you can sit on the bed, but you can't close the door, you can kiss, but you can't do more, yeah. whatever those rules are, it, to me, um, always ends up, I, I laugh at that. I'm, I am I always say, look, you know, it's it's. I understand why you want to set these rules, but it's bigger than that. And the rules don't really apply because you're either – coming on the island to find answers of why you're stuck or you're not. And the journey to finding that answer out uh, may be exploring things that are outside of whatever rules you thought work. So I guess what I'm saying is I think people come on the show thinking that the whole show is about will I cheat or not. Yeah. And I keep saying it has nothing to do with whether you cheat or not. It has to do with why you aren't completely 100% for one another and what is it you're missing in your love relationship and what could you possibly get somewhere else. And in that journey, you experiment by dating other people and you may find some things that are better than what you thought you had and some things that remind you that what you had is more valuable than what you thought it was. Yeah. So I I think the game plan that people come into the show with makes sense to me that you would do that but it doesn't apply well when you get into it.
1: No, totally understandable. And yeah. you know, when we move on to this next couple that I like I told you I've seen the first episode, really liked it and but you already start seeing some of the cracks and you already start seeing some of the, you know, I'm I'm immediately pessimistic about um a lot of these couples. Uh, I think I already said in my first, you know, just mini thoughts, I don't see any of them making it. <laughs> but that, that's me jumping the gun. We're one episode. Right. After, but, but but I
0: could define that, too. Yeah. It's like, what when is you say? You don't see any of them making it. You're saying you don't see any of them staying together as a couple. Yeah. And I know this is kind of heady to say, but I'm going to say that all eight people make it.
1: Make it. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. It's just a
0: destination they didn't think they were going to.
1: Yeah, my I, when I say making it, my, my early prediction after one episode is I don't think any of these four couples leave as a couple. That's just my prediction, and I don't know if it's possible. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I, I could very well be wrong. I thought, um, you know, I, I think I said the same thing last year. And granted, only one left as a couple, if I'm not mistaken, with Luke and Iris. But um, you know, looking at looking at Vanessa and and uh, and Roberto, obviously mm-hmm. their biggest thing is the age difference. She is a uh, very headstrong 34 year old woman, and he's a 24 year old nursing student. You know, it's just like we already know what their problem is going to be is if he can step up to the plate and be the man that she wants him to be, and she is very very headstrong. She makes her feelings known. She has zero sure. filter whatsoever. Yeah, but you're, you're hitting on something I've,
0: I've been talking about. That's what they say their problem is, and it seems to be. Yeah. But as they go through this situation and explore who they are and what they really want, the problem that brought them the island may not actually be the problem at all. And what I keep coaching towards is your problem in your relationship is never the other person. You think it
1: is, but really it's about you and your definition of love. Ah, and we're going to probably see that. I mean, it's very obviously it's we don't want to get into you obviously already know. You've been you've already filmed the season. Clearly, we already know. You know what happens and we don't want to give anything away. But it is an interesting take because we've seen it through four seasons for the 16 couples we've already seen come on the show. I mean, you could just go down the line of. They came on the island with this, them thinking this is their issue, and pretty much all of them left with completely different ideas about what their relationship was or wasn't. I mean, we, we see I, it every I season. I actually,
0: this season, make that point in a different way. And it. I think it's in the first episode when I say to them, I know that you are here and you're going to go and, and do this experience and hope that your relationship survives. But what I'm going to say to you is that your relationship as you know it ends tonight. You, you might as well assume that all of you have broken up already because my experience says that at the end of this Temptation Island thing, you become a little bit different of a person. Because you live as an individual, and you start exploring things not as a couple and what's wrong with your partner, but what's going on with you. And so what I say to them is let's pretend that your relationship that you brought to the island is over already. And at the end of this, you're either going to discover each other again in a new place and that relationship will start then, or you'll decide that there's no there there and you'll either start a new relationship or start no relationship.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, that's so it's a
0: little fatalistic of me, but but really what I'm saying is You have to leave room for the fact that you're all going to change. And so the person that you are today is not the person you're going to be when this is over.
1: And that's probably the smart way to look at it. I mean, you almost can't. I, I know that there have been people I can't remember off the top of my head, but couples that, you know, in that final conversation before they split up and you give them 10 minutes together. They're sitting there saying that, oh, babe, there's no way you're "You're the one for me. And oh, my gosh, it's going to be us till the end. And then literally within days, you know, someone's getting grinded on by somebody else. And their their whole mindset is changing because they're away from this woman or man seemingly for the first time in a in their relationship where they are literally this is a 30 day window of never getting a chance to see your significant other outside of you know, a possible video message. So none and of these- more than
0: that, you've got a, a format of an experience that forces you to explore who you are as an individual yeah, and to try new possibilities of love that may not pan out, but certainly can point out what you have or what you're missing and what you had before. Because in my opinion, it comes down to when you come on the island, what is your definition of a love relationship? And then after the pain and the uh, insight and the excitement and the flirting and whatever, have you recreated a definition of what actual love is? Hmm. Be- because then you got to look at it again and go, does this fit the new definition I have of what a relationship
1: is? You know, when I, when I was looking at Maricela and Christopher um... – You know, this is uh, Christopher's 30, Marisella's 24, and again, somebody that she's a little skeptical of him because his past history with infidelity. Um, However, they're a couple that is going through something completely different, and I don't want to give it away because it basically is the cliffhanger uh, for the first episode of, uh, I I would say, uh, it ends with uh, a cliffhanger about this, one of the people in this relationship's um, their storyline, I guess, is is the best way to call it. So, without obviously getting into that, um, what can you say about Maricela and Christopher? Well,
0: what's interesting is that they have a relationship where there's no no doubting that they have love for each other, deep, caring love and passion. Um, but what often happens in relationships is that one of them is the dominator and one of them is the submissive one. And in doing so, you're constantly trying to change one person and the other person is constantly trying to please the other person. And when you separate from that and start living your own life and your own truth, you find that you make your own choices and you're not in the, not in the light of what your partner thinks of it. And so what happens is, Christopher goes through his own experience of figuring out who he is and why he does what he does, and Maricela gets to explore, you know, what really is her, you know, interest. Like what what is she into actually? Yeah. And so, um, it's it's um, you know, Maricela, her storyline, without giving too much away, she has what she thinks and, and I believe is somewhat of an epiphany about herself that brings her a lot of joy at some point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, it's, it's a good uh, way to put it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it just seeing it the way that the first episode ends. Yeah, I, I, it, they to me, just out of the four couples, they're the one that interests me the most right off the bat because of this dynamic that everyone will see uh, develop towards the end of the first episode. So we'll leave it, we'll leave it at that. And then the final couple, uh, Paris and Great, um, I didn't feel, I, I I don't know. I, I, I feel like with, with great, uh, well, actually more, more so with Paris, you know, she comes from, uh, an Angolan culture where they want to marry young. So she's on this track of, I want to be married young. She's 23 years old. Uh, great is 25. So they are a young couple and seemingly a 23 year old and a 25 year old coming on the show. And she wants to you know, get there quicker than seemingly he does. This is one that I didn't have a lot of hope for, not hope, but you know, just I'm, I'm skeptical about whether or not they're leaving the Island together. I, I, well, I don't, what's I don't interesting think so. about
0: that is without revealing how it turns out. Yeah. And of the four couples, they are certainly up there as far as bickering, Yeah. but they're the one couple that gave me the most sense of actually loving one another. Of the four couples, Hmm. I thought. And what's interesting is you've talked about her timeline as opposed to his timeline. He's Nigerian. She's from Angola, I believe. Yeah, Angola. And she's very much or the beginning of this is very much wanting some of those traditions to come true. Marrying young and starting a family and things like that. And great is more wanting to be more modern and I guess American in culture. But what happens with Paris is an exploration in, or at least I ask her about who is she trying to please here, herself or her family. And it becomes a very, very emotional ride for her.
1: Yeah, being 23 and being on this show, I feel like, and even in the first episode, I think she gets you know caught up in her emotions as well. I, I feel like she's going to be the one that, I don't know, maybe goes through the biggest transformation out of all this just because she is so young and she starts realizing things about herself or, like you said, her family. It's like, wait a second, maybe I need to, you know, I don't know, tap the brakes here and be like, I need to live for myself and not live for this structure that was put in front of me that I'm apparently supposed to follow. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I got to tell you, when it comes to chronological age,
0: which comes up a lot, I have a different opinion that may not be so popular. So, like Roberto and Vanessa, she's considerably older than him, and that's one of the complaints is that he's young and this, than the other. But chronological age doesn't necessarily correlate with maturity age or emotional intelligence age, and so I've seen, you know, thirty-five-year-olds who are very immature, and I've seen twenty-four and twenty-five-year-olds show some real maturity. So I try to reserve my judgment on that um, now. Like last season, when we had Jillian and Eduardo, um, Edmund, excuse me, yeah, Um, they were very young and there was a first love there, so I think some of that came true for them, that they were just inexperienced. But in these cases where there's an age gap or some are younger and some are older, I think there's a varying degree of life experience, some of it is beyond their years, and some of it, even though they're old enough to know better, they don't yet. So I don't hold a lot of um, weight in they're just too young or they're too old or the age gap is the problem. I don't really think that's the problem.
1: Well, one of the one of the changes that you guys made, I guess it's a decision as a production team, was, at least in the start, i have only seen one episode, is you're only going with eight singles from each sex, and in the past, I think it was 12 of each, to start we started with
0: 12 we've had 11 we have eight this time yeah um the truth is uh what i like about this season is that i think our producers realize that up till now we focus on the couples and their journey and the singles were just there to spice things up or whatever but if what we say is true that these singles are also there because they're looking for love and their story is equally as important as the couples and so by having less we can dwell we can delve deeper into the ones that we have because oftentimes out of the 12 three or four of them aren't even part of the show at all yeah uh, and so i think it works really nicely
1: yeah in the past you know you've got you've got that first elimination where you say you know you got to eliminate two guys right now and it's usually two guys that we haven't really gotten to know all that well anyway. So it's almost like let's almost cut the fat early and just get right down to it. You know, with with four women and eight guys and eight guys and, I mean, uh, four guys and eight women, like, that's essentially only two for each, you know, (laughs) assuming casting went well and, you know, maybe somebody likes, maybe one of the singles likes two different people or whatever. But essentially it's not like they have a giant, batch to choose from and it almost like you said kind of narrows it down and we can jump right into okay let's give the singles a little more camera time here as opposed to having not a meaningless elimination but those early ones in the past have just been like okay but we really we didn't really know them and we kind of saw that they were going to be you know cut now I don't even know how many cuts you guys have this year maybe not many. well
0: without saying too much we keep Moving the show more towards an organic way of doing things, less like some of the other dating reality shows out there that are so formatted.
1: Yeah.
0: This isn't, you know, it has never been this. It's never meant to be this. You know, you got to, this is a distinction that I think gets overlooked that of all the reality dating shows, ours is the only one that doesn't have a prize. Yeah. It's not like you match up and then you get married or you match up and you win a million dollars. It's basically you find out at the end if you want to stay together or not and you learn what you learn and go on with your life. So um, as far as dating selection and vote-offs and things like that, where in the past they became a stage piece that we're doing, like a big formatted thing, there's less of that this season and more of an organic way of doing things and people get eliminated when they get eliminated and the number that gets eliminated is not set in stone. And, and, um, and really the idea behind it is you're all there to find love. And if it's not, you're not moving in the direction of learning or, or growing or connecting, then maybe it's time to go.
1: Yeah. Um, I mentioned the changes this season that were, Prevalent in the uh, premiere, the overview of the season when the season preview came out. Two things that we haven't seen before in the previous four seasons. Number one, <laughs> the red light. <laughs> now, yeah. here's here's my question about the red light. Um, okay. and it's not even—I I don't think you'd be giving any major spoiler away here. But does this red light come on, like just when someone is being tempted, or it stays on like during the duration of this? If someone else is hooking up on the other side of the island. Does it stay on until the hooking up is done or is it just hey it flashes yeah. on someone's cheating or someone's I think I think that's um neither. Okay. I think
0: what happens is when somebody does something that is deemed being tempted, yeah, the the light comes on and it stays on for as long as it stays on. I mean, it's not a correlation to how long they're fooling around. Okay. See that's what I wanted to know.
1: If it was like it's gonna stay on and somebody gets really well, upset that it's hey, it's been on for thirty five minutes. You know, this is ridiculous. Yeah,
0: well the the fact of the matter is When they introduced this idea, I thought it was a little gimmicky and and a little evil, actually. But as it plays out, it plays into what I think is true about the show. The show isn't run the gauntlet and see if you don't cheat or know what your partner did. The show is what feelings come up for you when you think something is going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what the Temptation Island light does, what the Temptation light does is just when you think you're relaxing and having a blast, it reminds you that there are stakes and other things are going on. And same goes for like the bonfire clips. I used to say, you know, what you're seeing is out of context. It may be true or it may not be true. but We don't say that anymore. We just show it. And the truth is, it may be just flirting or drunk or party, or it may be more than that, but that doesn't matter as much as what the person viewing it feels about it. Yeah. And that's why I know it becomes a meme, but that's why when we watch a clip and the clip is over, I don't say, how do you feel about what, you know, him doing that? I say, what did you see? Yeah. Because there have been many times when I've watched a clip and saw what seemed to be like a lap dance or something, which is just drunken play to me. But to the person viewing it who has a backstory and a history with that person, it means much more to them, and they see things that we didn't see at all, and they say it. They'll say, that's it. I'm broken up. That's it. He cheated. And I'm like, where did you see that? I didn't see that. But that's the whole point of the Temptation Light and the videos and everything is not to inform them with truth and facts, but to show them things out of context. And I remember back in 2001 when we did the original on Fox – And I remember saying to them something that's true today, which is you watch the video not for information or facts or permission to do what you want to do, but it elicits a feeling. And if it elicits a feeling of pain, sorrow, regret, or envy, that's telling. And if it doesn't, that's also telling. So it's not that it's giving you information for you to then make your choices about what you want to do, although they often do that. It's more about evoking an emotion from you based on the theater of your mind. And if we talk about it, it can reveal how you actually feel about the other person.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, I, I, I fully agree. And I think the way you handle it, because your role as the host on this show, you, you kind of carry, you have to wear many hats. You can be a hard ass <laughs> when you need to, you need to give me a listener when you need to, uh, you'd be a father figure there, where, you know, that these are your, you know, quote-unquote kids. I mean, we've all seen how you do this show, and I think everybody compliments you for how you handle uh, the couples on the show, how how kind you are to them, even when they're going through literally, you know, watching Help. their partner have sex with somebody else. Like, you yeah. do such a good job of that. and Thank you. And we all appreciate it, and we love – when Mark Wahlberg just asks the right questions at the right moment. And I, and I, th- and I think it's great. Um, so the, the, the red light has not uh, – clearly they don't know. When the red light goes on, the four people involved in the couples have no idea whose significant other is temp- – That's exactly that what I'm saying.
0: They don't know. They, not only, they don't know who it is. They don't know what's going on or how long it's happening. It's just letting yeah. them know that it's happening.
1: Just letting them know it's happening. Okay.
0: And what that does is create tension – and it creates feelings and what i try to do i mean look on the surface as a reality show from a producing standpoint that's good messy drama for the audience to watch oh shit, the light came on yeah but what you just spoke about about my role and how i do it and thank you for the compliments um I take it all really, really seriously. So I'm always trying to take whatever information or feeling that's happening and trying not to find the positive, but what's the truth and information we can glean out of it that can inform them to follow through on what both the executive Bruce of Trafari and my commitment is, which is that everyone leaves the island in a better place than when they came. So that doesn't necessarily mean it's painless. It just means that you're more informed or maybe – if this relationship doesn't work out, the next one will be better because of what you've learned. So I'm constantly looking at all the things that I could just go, damn, that's got to hurt. Let's <laughs> talk about it. Instead, I like to talk about, all right, if it hurts, why does it hurt? And what does it say about you? And what can you learn from it?
1: Yeah. And what, you know, like so, you said, what did you see? Because you, and, you might see something different and, than they saw.
0: Right, and you say I'm wearing all these different hats, but that's funny to me because to me it's always the same hat. The hat I have is um, I want to have a real, authentic conversation with these new friends of mine and bring whatever experience I have as a guy who's a little older and a little bit further down the line in a relationship in hopes that they learn things about themselves to make them to help them find a love that lasts.
1: Hmm.
0: And if that means I got to call out bullshit, then I call out bullshit. If that means I need to love you up when you're wallowing in self pity or really having a hard time, then I'm happy to do that. And if it means, you know, giving you props when you're when you're showing up as an authentic person, then it's all the same hat to me.
1: You know, I, I was thinking about this, and I, I can't remember. Maybe it has happened. Maybe it hasn't. Has anything that's ever happened in the five seasons on this show brought you to tears? Has anything made, oh. choked you up? And I'm trying to remember what what it was. Many times. Okay, maybe we haven't seen I, it.
0: <laughs> I, I started crying on camera during the reunion
1: special this year. Oh. Oh wait, yeah. Wait, the reunion has already been filmed for this season. Well, we shot the season
0: in October.
1: Oh yeah. Okay.
0: So we shot the reunion in late March, so there was plenty of time to have a reunion. But the show's just held till June. So yeah. Um, But the point is, I get choked up for a lot of reasons. It doesn't take much to make me cry. Yeah. But sometimes my tears that, you know, I don't sob, but every now and then you see me get a little misty. Sometimes they're just because I'm feeling the pain of the person I'm talking to. You know, I'm caught up in the moment. And then sometimes it connects to something in my own life that I have to look at and, you know, chokes me up. But I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do my job in a detached way. Mm -hmm. so for me i'm either all in or i'm not there at all and anything else would be in my opinion demeaning to the people who have chosen to come there so things like judgment or poking fun at them or laughing at their misery that just isn't in my dna yeah so mine is i just want to be of service to the whole thing and um and I tell them this off camera and on camera. I say, "Look, you know, you don't. You may have come here thinking you're going to hustle this, and you're going to get clout, and you're going to get, um, you know, followers and business and whatever. And that's fine. And I, I support that. But I want to let you know that I'm in it for the real thing. <laughs> and as crazy as this experience is, you can count on me to try to keep it real every time because that's all I'm really interested in. To me, they're all real people. They're real people with real pain in an extreme situation." but so relatable to any of us who have been in any love relationship. So that's what I keep trying to drive home and trying to be a safe place for them to be intimate because we're talking about stuff that's really scary and dangerous sometimes. So if it's not handled carefully, it could really be go off the rails as we've seen recently on many of the other shows out there. So, um, you know, I, I, take it seriously. I fail a lot. I'm the benefit of a great executive producer guiding me when I go astray but I'm also grateful that they give me the space to kind of just let it flow without a script and see what happens. And, um, you know, hopefully that's coming through.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, You know, this is this is interesting because if I'm not mistaken, every other season, the first four seasons that have aired since we came back on the USA Network, hmm? I, I think the reunion show was filmed while the show was still airing. The fact that this reunion show will have been taped now six months probably before the finale airs. There's going to be what happened back in October when you filmed, what happened at the reunion in March, and then when this is done airing, let's see, June 14th, I'm assuming it's probably 11, 12-episode season. This thing looks like it's ending probably mid to late late August. That'll be, like I said, about almost six months from the time the reunion airs. So I think we might get a lot of updates of what's going on. When this well, actual f- is done airing, versus what
0: you're what you're speaking to, is what I've said all along, while the show ends and they make their final decisions and the final bonfire, and that seems to be the end of the story,
1: yeah, definitely not
0: life. And these experiences don't end and continue to evolve and devolve well beyond the reunion and well beyond the end of the taping of the shows and and uh, and is constantly. I mean, there there are people who are on season one that I'm still in contact with and I'm watching their love lives and. Their, their personal journey change every day. So, you know, um, I don't really take much, you you need some time from the end of taping before you're going to do a reunion, which we had several months. And, and at the reunion, those people would have seen the episodes already that have yet to air, but. Life goes on, and we could do a reunion every three months from any season you want, and it would be a new show.
1: Be a new show, yeah, because so much you know, it, so much has changed. Because I do follow people from past seasons, and I'm just like, okay, wow, they're dating this person now, clearly, or they've moved on, and yeah, a lot of a lot of change has happened. Um, sure, I, I think um, you know one of the other changes you guys made to this season: video messages. We always see that every season that the couple, one half of the couple, can leave a message for the other half, but now you're including the singles can possibly leave a message for someone that they are interested in. What went into that decision this year for the first time in five seasons to allow the singles to possibly leave a video message?
0: I think back to my earlier point, I think this year we're leaning in a little bit more that everybody's on the journey together yeah, and that their feelings, their feelings, their experience, their connections are no less important than the couples. So it seems a little disingenuous to not let them have a say in things as well. It, because if you don't, as we have in the past, to some degree the the singles are like um, like the couples have the choice and the singles don't seem to have one. Yeah, but, but the truth is that we select the singles based on profiles, hoping that there's going to be some chemistry with the people that are choosing to come here as couples. And the singles journey is as important to us as the couple's journey. And even though I don't think this is going to air in the season, I actually drop into the houses when the couples and singles were out on dates and talk to the ones who aren't out on dates and just have kind of bonfire moments with them, with the singles only, Hmm. just checking to see how they're doing. And uh, I don't know if it makes it to air, but it's something we did. And, and, and uh, to me, I don't care if it airs or it doesn't, (laughs) you know, I'm just happy to do it.
1: Yeah. I think one of the, the the biggest change in the first episode from previous first four seasons, first episodes, and I thought this was a great change. And it's a, you know, mini spoiler, but people are going to see it in six days anyway. But just the fact that you guys got a you guys got rid of, you know, when you bring the singles out, the couples are sitting there in their chairs in the past. You brought the singles out and they, you know, did the catwalk and gave uh, some sort of line about basically wanting to steal their man or steal their woman, usually is what happens. But you guys said, no, this year we're going to bring the singles out. No need to do some cheesy line. We're just all going to have a party. All 16 singles and all eight people in the couples are all just going to get together right now and have a night party. And I thought that was excellent because immediately you start seeing eyes darting across the room. Who's talking to my girl? What's that guy doing? I mean, it was was great. I, I love that change up this season.
0: I think it's interesting what it
1: provides is now when the
0: storylines develop that the couples, the pe- the people involved in the couples, have a little bit of a frame of reference having met the other singles.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so, it's yeah, it's real because in the past, it's like the first time they see a clip, it's usually oh okay, I remember that guy, you know, standing yeah. standing there in front of us, and he said that one line, and but now because it's not like while the guys and the and the women do talk to their singles some of the guys are talking to the other guys, just trying to feel them out, like, hey, so what are you into, and stuff like that. So, Which
0: allows everybody to have a little bit of a frame of reference when they start, you know.
1: Dating it, their woman.
0: of the talking about a boyfriend to a single. The guy knows the guy, so yeah. there's something to talk about.
1: Yeah, no, I thought it was a, real, it was a really good change-up uh, for the first episode. So, like we said, it, it, it airs beginning next Wednesday night, June 14th, 9, 8 central on the USA Network. You guys are kind of, um, I don't want to say coupling up, but um, Wednesday night is now, we got a bonus show, uh, The Big D, which is hosted by, you know, Bachelor at fame, JoJo and Jordan. Um, and this was a show that was originally supposed to air on another network. It got dropped days before the premiere, which we still don't know the reason behind that, but USA picked it up. It's going to air right after you guys. Have you been made a, i mean obviously you, you know the show but have you been able to see episodes can you give us a little description of what the big d is about you know i haven't seen any episodes okay. i understand couples that
0: are divorced that come to the island similar to ours
1: yeah and date and have singles.
0: to date some singles and see if you know what's going to happen um i did meet jojo and jordan and they were just everything you thought they'd be they're adorable and um I hear great things about the show, and I think it's really great because, first of all, we're moving to 9 o'clock instead of 10 o'clock, which is great for us. Mm-hmm. And what I like is that viewers who like reality TV and dating TV in particular, now there's a reason to show up. There's two shows, and they're similar, different vibe. But I think if you like one, you'll like the other, and I think it's a good compliment. I'm really excited about that.
1: Yeah, no, I think it was a, it was a smart move for them to put it right after you guys because I don't think, you know, while you said it's it, it's – it's different but it's kind of the same concept of here's a divorced couple and you're going to you're going to watch your significant your ex significant other your ex wife your ex husband date somebody else while you're also going on dates within the same group of people and i think it will be interesting because maybe i mean i don't know any of the spoilers about it but maybe one of the divorced couples ends up deciding maybe we should give her- ourselves a chance again you know you never know i mean we don't know how it's yeah. going to play out but i think that's a very that sounds- like something I would watch, and I, I yeah. think Jordan,
0: JoJo are great hosts for this. They're married; they're beloved by you know millions, and and uh, I think it's going to be a great show too.
1: Yeah, so it'll be exciting. So yeah, starts next Wednesday night, June fourteenth. Um, Temptation Island nine eight Central, and then the Big D comes on right after that at ten nine Central. Mark, thanks again. Once as always, great interview. Love talking to you before the season to get a preview of what to expect. Can't wait to see how this all plays out. And let's see if my prediction that all four couples break up <laughs> is, is, uh, at least in, at least in the finale that we're going to see at the end of this season, who knows if they got any together at the reunion and where they are today. But yeah, I'm interested.
0: About that, but I'm happy to check in with you throughout the season and have your listeners get some insight and, um, always appreciate the love you give us.
1: You got it, Mark. Thanks a lot, thanks a lot, man. Okay, brother. Talk to
0: you soon. Bye.
1: Thanks again to Mark Wahlberg, not Marky Mark. That is the host of Temptation Island. And you guys are going to really like the first episode, like I said. Some changes. They don't do the single intros anymore where they all come down and say a cheesy line like, I'm Amanda, 30 years old, I'm in real estate, and I'm going to lock your man up or something stupid like that. Um, It's just like they bring out the singles and then they say, let's all party together. And it is interesting because when one of the... Men from the Couples is talking to one of the single women. He's also looking around to see, wait, who is my girl talking to? And it's, it's really interesting. There's some jealousy that happens right off the bat. And I thought it was a great change up to the first episode. And I think the idea of going to eight singles, because it did seem like 24 singles to start the show was way too many. And, you know, three or four of them just get lost in the shuffle. You're just like, okay, we know they're getting eliminated because they're not getting any camera time. So anyway, um, check out the show. It's on USA starts June 14th. And then it's on every Wednesday night going forward, followed by the Big D hosted by Jojo and Jordan from The Bachelor and Bachelorette. And you know who they are. And that one is about divorced couples going and living on an island with singles who are going on dates and then the divorce couples have to watch or have an idea of who their, you know, ex is now dating and definitely going to watch that and see how that plays out. So thank you very much uh, for listening. Please subscribe in Apple podcasts is the best way you could help uh, this podcast going forward. Also rate and review as well. Once again, Love having Mark on at the beginning of every season. We'll check in with him again at some point, maybe at the end after the reunion airs. So I appreciate Mark coming on yet again for his preseason review of Temptation Island Season 5. So glad that this is back for a fifth season. I've been waiting for it. And usually it starts around – I don't think I usually start this thing up in January or February. I should have asked him, why are you guys starting in June this year? But, I, you know, it's probably – uh, it might have been above his pay grade to why they waited so long, because they filmed this in October, like he said. It's not going to end, airing, until end of August. I mean, it'll almost be a year from the time they filmed this to when the finale and the reunion that we watch has actually aired. So definitely will be interesting following this all season long. Thanks once again for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. From Mark Wahlberg, I'm Reality Steve and I will talk to you tomorrow. Tip!